0: Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Backerkit and the Gadget Flow. Backerkit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am joined with Ted Teakin with the Sated Campaign. Ted, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: So this ready-to-drink keto meal shake, you have taken this product, launched on Kickstarter, raised over, I think now we're over $170,000 with a little over two weeks left to go. This campaign was fully funded in under two hours, so you met a really good funding goal, able to achieve it, have a lot of backers come in. I'm always interested to know, how does this product start? How did your product you know, come to life? So let's let's begin there.
1: Yeah, so I think the story on that starts about four and a half years ago. I started doing this ultra low carb keto diet somewhat on a lark. I was indulging a friend of mine who suggested I try it for a chronic pain condition. I started following keto about four days in. I had really good improvement in my pain, which is to say a decrease in the pain. And I just was like, wow, this is awesome. I get less pain and I think cleaner and I have more energy that just never happens and so that continued on about a month into it I was getting really bored with doing all of the cooking because there, especially four and a half years ago there weren't any commercially available keto products and I started making a shake you know that was mostly nutritionally complete at the time and over about four months I made tweak after tweak after tweak and it became a nutritionally complete shake and I would eat that for breakfast and lunch and then cook myself dinner. And late that year, so that was 2014, I was thinking through what I was going to do next. I uh, I left a software-as-a-service startup at, in late 2013 and was kind of wandering through the wilderness. I went through a process where I evaluated a number of different things and thought to myself, hey, you know, I know nothing about making food and I know nothing about e-commerce. Let's try to do both of them together. Mm-hmm. And it actually ended up working out great. It only took three months to go from, hey, I'm going to try this to the product was on sale. We sold out of that first and it was a mix-it-yourself keto meal shake. We sold out of the first run of that product in five days. And we've been rapidly building a company around it ever since.
0: So you took on two industries you had no idea on and just dove in. I love it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I was able to get a food science class through the state of Massachusetts. They do these like four hour classes. And most states do that where they teach you the bare minimum you need to know to run a food company or run the science of a food company safely. And I drove to Western Massachusetts from Boston, where we're based. uh, And it was two hours each way to take a two hour class to drive two hours home two weeks in a row but they taught me what I needed to know to know why it was safe to sell this product over the internet and e-commerce, you know, you can kind of figure it out as you go. So it just kind of dove in with both feet. I actually took the approach when I started this of not trying to prove that it would work, but instead trying to prove that it would fail. I find that it's a lot easier to think about the information that you need. If you're trying to prove the negative hypothesis, a very scientific approach to it. And for the first three months, it just kept hitting every proof point. I tried to disprove the unit economics. I tried to prove the op- disprove the operating economics. I tried to disprove my f- my own financial situation, and all of those worked. And I was like, "All right, let's you know, let's try to disprove that people are interested in this." Put up a quick ad. Rapidly got uh, about two hundred and fifty emails, which at the time I thought was a lot. And then I was like, "All right, let's make two years worth of this stuff. If I don't sell any of it, I can just literally eat the losses myself." And that's sold out in five days. And we've continued that try to prove it won't work, try to fail quickly, try to just be very objective about what is and isn't working into the company since then. And I find it to be something that it takes people a while to get used to this whole like, this assumption that most of what we do won't work. But once people get used to it, it gets to be very comfortable because it's like, all right, we tried this. It didn't work. Move on to the next. And over time, you know, if nine out of ten things fail, but you just only keep doing the tenth that works over time, 90 percent of what you're doing is correct, even though 90 percent of what you try is wrong. I've really enjoyed taking this failure based approach to building a company, and it's been very successful for us so far.
0: And you guys bootstrapped it?
1: We are fully bootstrapped through the middle of this year. We took an SBA loan in June. And that was the first major external capital that has come into it. I actually started with $5,000 and we've grown completely out of retained earnings, which uh, in and of itself is a little bit of financial alchemy.
0: Always. So I'm always intrigued. Kickstarting a beverage company is incredibly difficult, yet we you know, had great success with this campaign. What's been some of the biggest challenges you've encountered? You know, getting this project launched, you know, let's talk about pre-campaign and some of the challenges there. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: I think everything about shelf-stable protein beverages is hard. (laughs) The logistics are hard. The R&D is hard. The manufacturing is hard. The pricing is hard. The flavors are hard. It's just, it is just hard, 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 hard. So, you know, the first thing is just finding people who are experienced in it as food scientists is really not the easiest thing. There's only, you know, maybe... Four or five dozen brands that do this in the united states so it's not as deep of a pool as some of the other food science and then other things pre-campaign that are hard i mean the video is always hard figuring out how to take something that you're passionate enough to spend five years on and distill it into two minutes or less it is a very interesting exercise i would say that it is class two fun which is it's something that's great to have done but it is a horrible painful experience To get through you end up just having to cut things that just feel crucial vital like they're just part of your dna because there's not time for them and there are other things that resonate better with the customers
0: So we always talk a lot about you know how important that month or two leading up to launches especially from the marketing and pre-campaign engagement side talk about some of the things that you did for you know growing the email list or putting yourself in such a good position to you know have the campaign fully funded in the first two hours
1: Yeah, so I think email list is absolutely the most crucial part of this. As I said before, you know, it's a food product. And so a lot of people are very reluctant to buy a grocery item six months before it's going to be delivered. And so you've got to really search for the true fanatics. You've got to find the people who are just so excited about this thing coming into the world. That, that they're willing to give you their money early on trust. Our major pre-launch marketing was about actually close to nine months of email lead generation. And we used a service called MailMunch. They do pop-ups and email response forms. Um, I've used LaunchRock in the past. Um, they're great too. But we were using MailMunch for our, you know, subscribe to the newsletter and get a coupon on our website. So we went with that this time. And... Our basic strategy was put an ad up on Reddit in the subreddits where we have super fans. So that would be the keto subreddit and the keto gain subreddit and some of the meal replacement shake subreddits and take them to a landing page with a pretty mock-up and the basic value propositions and say, you know, coming soon, be the first to know, get exclusive pre-launch pricing. And we're offering up to 50% off retail to the backers. So We have a very compelling savings offer if you're somebody who's been a habitual consumer. The other thing I would say is having had a product live in the market for almost four years before we launched really helped with our credibility. We've met our deadlines in the past. We have Amazon reviews. We have Facebook reviews. We have our own website reviews of the flavor of our mix-it-yourself version. And so that really helped us in the trust-building phase of the Kickstarter. And because we have all those reviews and because it actually is delicious and keeps you in ketosis, as we promise, they're good. So those have been a huge asset and not asset to us. And if I was to do this again, I would seriously think if it was in a new venture and a new something, if there was a way that I could get some social proof or proof of competence or proof of, you know, we deliver on our promises, even if it's something smaller than the ultimate end goal, I would really think about being able to build a track record of customer delight, a track record of good reviews, a track record of shipping on time going into it. But track record plus email list is really what it was. And we we did also try Facebook lead ads. We kept the two lists separate and the Facebook lead ads ended up costing about the same amount per email, but they are performing at about 25% as good. So, you know, even though it cost us about the same amount, the cost per backer Facebook lead ads ended up being about four times as much. So we wouldn't do those again in the future. We would stick to just Reddit to a landing page with some social sharing requests. We actually didn't give anybody any, there was no coupon. There was no like Harry style, like win free shakes for life. It was just, if you're really excited about this, please share.
0: Yeah. And we always typically see that that does convert a little bit better when, you know, the people are out there just looking for freebies, right? They don't usually convert, especially on a campaign. But they are vested into the product idea, and you know, looking for an early bird discount. That's usually when they convert best. Yep, yeah, they do. And we have an approach we
1: take. We we don't do a lot of contests, but we do a few. My head of marketing is very deep in email, and she hates contests because the they just destroy the metrics of your email list. Your, your open rates go to go down a ton. Your unsubscribe rates don't actually go up, which is frustrating because if you've got junk emails, you just want to get rid of them. So the approach we take is when we do these contests, we quarantine that list, we put it on its own contest list, and we only move the people who are engaged, who open more than once onto our main email list, which makes sure that we are sending we are sending our messages to people who are actually fans, as opposed to people who are, to your point, just searching for freebies.
0: Interesting. So- you know, you've mentioned that you've been out in the market for for years now, and one of the big things with campaigns is always earning trust, and you've also gotten some great press coverage. Do you think that that's helped, you know, the overall consumer trust index, if you will, for the Kickstarter campaign to increase the amount of backers supporting you?
1: Absolutely. I think, and I, I'm not sure how much press has helped us in terms of trust. I, you know, it's obviously good. Press has more led to wholesale inquiries, and so that's been fantastic. I think the thing that has led to trust is the the third party platform. So the Amazon reviews, I think, are the thing that help us the most because we have no ability to you know edit that. The, if it's reviews just on our own website, people have to trust that we would we're not going to play games and remove the two star, three star, one star. Uh, but on Amazon, we don't have that option, and so I think Amazon reviews are are the biggest thing that has helped people. Um, trust us. The other thing I think that helps us get trust with our customers is we we admit the use cases where our product isn't perfect. So, you know, it's a meal replacement shake, but it's not a food replacement shake. You know, this isn't some dystopian future, only this for the rest of your life. It's designed that you could do that, theoretically at least, but we don't promote that. You know, we take the very pragmatic, very open approach of look, if you have time to cook, cook. If you're busy and you were going to eat junk instead, that's where our product comes in. But we're not trying to we're not trying to overforce our product into people's lives in ways that it doesn't fit. And I think customers are very used to these kind of over marketed, overly enthusiastic marketing messages where it's like, Eat only this, you know, never, you know, never eat breakfast again. And I think customers recognize and appreciate some authenticity and some character, some depth, some nuance to the marketing message. Um, At least that's what we found.
0: What tips would you have for someone crazy enough to crowdfund a beverage product?
1: (laughs) Oh, man, I'm not sure I would say don't, but I would say just know what you're getting into. The invisible costs of the campaign are at least as much as we've raised in the campaign. So just be aware that a million dollars is considered to be nothing in the beverage industry. If you're dealing with Acidulated beverages or, you know, like energy drinks or things that have a low pH, those actually are a little bit easier. There's a million dollars is considered almost nothing, not absolutely nothing. But you absolutely have to build your email list. You absolutely have to find your super fans um, because the only people who are going to give you money six months before the product ships are the absolute super fans.
0: What's been the most interesting thing that you've learned throughout this whole process of launching on Kickstarter?
1: I think the most interesting thing I've learned in this whole process on launching on Kickstarter is how much work goes into every minute of video. You know, I I assumed it was something like, oh, you know, it's 40 hours per minute or less, and it's way more than that. So I think the amount of work it takes to get video that it's polished to the level that people are expecting these days is an order of magnitude more than I expected.
0: Yeah, video is definitely one of those key components of any campaign to tell the story and entice a backer to truly commit and go through the process with you, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a
1: great exercise. As I said, class two fun, but definitely a ton of work. We actually, we shot our video entirely three separate times. We tried the just wing it approach and that was a miserable failure. Tried to film it after a two-day conference and... For having come off of this enormous amount of work, you know, double shifts two days in a row, we didn't look quite as tired as we were, but man, we looked exhausted on video. So the third time we finally took all the things we learned, all of the the two prior failures, you know, as I mentioned before, we, we have a very failure forward culture and, you know, we tried it and it failed. We tried it and it failed. We sat, we said, why did that fail? What didn't work? What was wrong? And the third time... It only took six hours to film two and a half minutes the third time.
0: Nice. All right, Ted. Well, this is going to get us into our launch round. You're familiar with the podcast, so are you are good to go?
1: I'm good to go. I'm a huge fan of the podcast.
0: Thank you so much. All right. So
1: what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? I, it was just in my DNA. I couldn't imagine doing anything else.
0: So if you could share a sated drink with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? I think
1: Ben Franklin. And I think because he was such a broad thinker, you know, he was an engineer, he was a statesman, he was a writer, he was a brewer. I think he would just have the most interesting depth and breadth of any of the entrepreneurs that really come to
0: mind. Nice. So what would have been your first question for Sir Benjamin Franklin? Uh, How do we make a beer that doesn't have carbohydrates in it? There we go. That would be fun. So who did you look up to growing up as a kid?
1: I I didn't have any like heroes, you know. I looked up to my parents. I looked up to, you know, a lot of the historical figures. I I, I guess the people I looked up to most were kind of like founding father, statesmen type people, people who could have done something really good for themselves, but decided to do something better for society and not take all of the money for themselves, but share it. That's really what I looked up to. So I would say the the statesman founders of the U.S. were probably the people I looked up to the most.
0: Any books you would recommend to our audience?
1: I'm a huge podcast person, and I listen to a ton. Right now, I'm listening to 100 Years of Solitude, and it is fantastic for those nights when I'm just too exhausted to think, and I just need something for my brain to turn on that isn't work. But in terms of best business books, probably the most impactful book that I've listened to as an entrepreneur was The E-Myth Revisited. And it's a really kind of a cheesy title, but it had a couple of points in there. The, the most important of which was the separation between what they call the integrator, the person who runs the operations, like the COO and the visionary. And it's helped me have a number of conversations with other entrepreneurs about which of these two roles do you really want. Do you actually want to be COO or CEO, or do you want to be the visionary?
0: Yeah, definitely a good book. Probably one of those ones that needs to be revisited, I think, by a lot of founders. <laughs> I think so. Last question. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? I
1: think we're going to see one more equity crowdfunding. And two, I think at some point, we're going to move away from this. It's not a presale. The customers want it to be a presale. It's used as a presale. A lot of the time, it seems to be an artifice that's uh, antiquated.
0: Awesome. Well, Ted, this is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where people should go and why they should check you out.
1: Yeah. So sated is a ultra-low-carbohydrate meal shake designed to be as filling as possible. It's delicious and nutritionally complete, full of all kinds of awesome stuff, two kinds of protein, four different kinds of fat, 27 vitamins and minerals. And we go way further down the list than virtually anyone into including things like prebiotic fiber and omega-3, really looking towards what is an optimal human nutrition so you don't have to have this trade-off between eating well and being in a hurry. And you can find us at Seda.com. And right now it's available on Kickstarter for the next two weeks or so. And we're offering huge discounts on the ready-to-drink shake on Kickstarter to backers. Now, of course, it's not a pre-sale, but if you wanted to use it as one, that would be fine with me.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Awesome, Ted. Well, audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to everything we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Backer Kit. And if you like this episode, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Ted, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests